about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to another episode of All In With The Lord. <coughs> we are gathering together again to discuss how we might become more effective in the Word of God, how we might understand more of what God has done for us by sending His Son into the earth, and how we can capitalize on the information from the Manufacturer's Handbook, which is the Bible, which is the Word of God, which is God and Jesus, because Jesus was the Word, is the Word, and He is in us. So, how do we use it? And how do we use it more effectively is what we focus on every week on this program. I know that there's a lot of opportunity in this world to be upset, to be tired, to be worn out, perhaps in your own thinking. And your thinking and our thinking, my thinking, is not always God's thinking. So we go back to the Word of God to get straightened out, to get it resynchronized, to get it recalibrated. That's what we have to do. Because the world, if we listen to people who don't believe in God or don't have Jesus in their life, then we are victims of what they think. And we're victims of their world. So the way to look at that would be to say, look at their world, the people you're listening to, and are they happy with what they have, and would you be happy with what they have? If, they, if the answer is yes, find out what they're thinking. But in most cases, it's the stuff you don't know, especially if they've denied God or denied the existence of God and somehow have all the earthly things that you would like to have, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, is that really how they feel inside? Are they complete? Are they happy? And where will they spend eternity? Because that has everything to do with what you're believing. So on today's program, let's talk a little bit about prayer and how prayer works and how it works more effectively and how it works less effectively. Like, what is it that you can do to make your prayer work more effectively? You know, uh, Jesus gave us the scripture uh, when he was asked how to pray. It's quite clear we have what we call the Our Father. And Our Father, who art in heaven, hallow, holy, holy and precious be thy name. So step number one is to acknowledge that God is holy and he exists. He's real. And, and that our father, our, he's our father. He is our father. He created us. We have to, before you get any further in this prayer, the our father, we have to acknowledge that he is our Father. And if indeed he is our Father, how 
he wa- what does he want for you? Because he's really your father. He's not a distant dictator. He's not a distant God that just says, well, all those people that I created, how are they doing? No, he, he's your Abba, your daddy, your father. He is the father of us all. So when Jesus said how to pray, he said, first acknowledge our father who art in heaven. Well, there's a good word, heaven. Where is that? <laughs> where, where is heaven? Our father who art in heaven. He's in heaven. Okay. Where's heaven? Is it here right next to us that we can't see it? Or is it off in a distance in a faraway galaxy? Well, it doesn't really matter. It matters that it is, not where it is. Heaven is a realm where you cannot mess it up because God is in control of it. So our Father, our Creator, He is the one who is in heaven. And that heavenly place is protected, guarded, guided. Now, when we pass away from this earth and leave our bodies, we all expect to go to heaven. And um, I, I just hope everyone that expects that has a ticket that says, I have free access to heaven, get me in. And that ticket comes from accepting what Jesus is and said and did on this earth as sent from the Father. So our Father, who art in heaven, holy be thy name. So number one thing is his name needs to become a holy thing to you and I. What does that mean? Well, obviously when we came into this earth and grew up around as we're kids growing up, you hear that name of Jesus Christ used a lot of ways that aren't what we would consider very holy. So holiness is reverence. It's respect. It is pure respect and pure holiness. And so hallow be thy name. It is up to us to hallow the name, to respect the name. If you don't respect the name of Jesus, the name of God, then it won't work for you in prayer the way you want it to. So our Father, our Creator, who art in heaven, the realm of heaven, hallow, holy, holy be thy name. Get that part right in your mind. That name is holy. The reason a lot of churches have you bow your head when you say the name of Jesus. It used to be that all the time. Now people don't really get into that, but it was an effort to make it holy. Holy be thy name. Holy be thy name. And it's just an act of submission on our part, thanking our Father for sending His Son into the earth. So our Father, 
who art in heaven, holy be thy name. Now the next line, this is big. Thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I know a lot of people are waiting to go to heaven to get his will. And I would imagine if I asked you, if you're a Christian, do you believe that heaven is a place where everything is good? where there is no sickness, no disease, no depression, no frustration, no poverty, no lack. Do you believe that about heaven? Now, some people have probably given it serious thought. Some people haven't. They just say, heaven's going to be better than earth. It's going to be everything we need. Everything's going to be great. How do you know that? Because Jesus told us that. Well, he also told us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now, if you believe that God's will in heaven is that everything is working out perfectly, why do you not believe it can happen here? Because the prayer that Jesus gave us is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth, on earth, as it is already in heaven. Wow, so that brings up a question. What is his will? Is God's will that people suffer? Is it God's will that people don't uh, have enough? Is it God's will that they're confused on even what gender they are? Is it God's will? What is God's will? You've got to know. There's two things you got to know before you can go any further in prayer. I mean it. Prayer don't work if you don't know His will. You say, well, God's will be done. I pray that God's will be done. Yeah, you should. But what does that mean? What is your brain thinking when you say, thy will be done? On earth. Not when you get to heaven. On earth, right now. What is His will? There's two things you got to know. His will and his ways. God's will and God's ways. We're going to read some scriptures about his will. But his will, in a, in, a, in a summary sentence from me, is that he is all about the blessings. To bless you with good and all of the evil of this present world came from the evil one, Satan. And we have two things going on. We have the curse of the law, which we, as Christians, have been redeemed from. We have been redeemed 
from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. We have been lifted up to be blessed by our Father, who art in heaven, whose name is holy, whose name is so pure that everything that's been created ever bows its knee when the name is spoken, because he is so pure, so loving, so good, all loving, all just, all merciful, all loving, loving. He, he doesn't know how to love. He is the, the personification of love. He is love. He can't not love you. He loves, he pours out nothing but love. So where did all this thinking come from that God wants us to suffer sometimes because we learn from it? Is that his way? I want you to really think about this. And I want you to think about, if you're a parent, what suffering you would want your kids to have because it's going to make them better people. I'm sorry. There isn't a parent alive who thinks that way. And parenting is a really interesting thing because you love your children more than you love your own life. It comes to that point. How do you think God, our Father, who art in heaven, whose name is holy, feels about you and I and all of us? He loves us more than his own life because he created us all. He gave you the ability to have children so that you could experience what it feels like, what he feels like. And God, our Father, who art in the realm of heaven, he is holy. He is holy. And he wants his will that's in heaven to be here with you right now, right now on earth. So before you can even begin to pray, you have got to know it's his will for you to prosper and be healthy, even as your soul prospers. Now, there are those probably in this room who will struggle and fight with this to no end. They will give me every reason in the book why it's God's will for us not to get instant answers, not to get instant things taken care of, not to have everything work out. And yet that's contrary to what Jesus did. Well, I want to read a couple, a couple scriptures here and see where these all fit in. This is Hebrews 4.1.1. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. Now, that takes me on a different trail. 
because why did God bring the law in the Old Testament? He brought the law of Moses to try to get people to do the right things so that they could access the kingdom of God on earth. Now, the law was, was, was uh, what do you call it, flawed. It was because no man could keep the law. But it was God's intention that if you could, if you strive to keep the law, you'll get some of the quantum world working for you, some of the kingdom of God working for you in a positive way. So the law was meant, initially, until, until Jesus came, the law was meant to try to get people on the right track. But what happened was people who broke the law, which was everyone, because all ten of the main commandments, but then there was over 600 of all the rules and laws of the Jewish custom, no one could keep them. And so by not keeping the ten, they, the ten were meant to access the kingdom of God. They were meant, if we could do them, that they were meant to help us to receive from God. And I'm not going to go through the ten, because they were replaced by the one. And Jesus came that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus came into our life, and he changed the whole idea that we have to keep the law to, to the fact that we have to identify what the law is and then repent for what we've done wrong, and it was considered to us as if we kept the law, thereby placing our minds in a situation where we could access again the kingdom of God, the subatomic structure that he placed on the earth that works every day, 24 hours a day, either against you or for you, depending how you pray and how your mindset is. If your mindset is one that is, um, I can't ever do anything that makes that I can't do anything right. So then guilt and shame come on you and it attracts to you everything you don't want. That is the curse of the law. But because of what Jesus did, he paid, he came and kept the law and did everything that you could not and I could not do. And then he did it for us again. He bought us back. He paid the price for the sin. Now, what good is the price being paid if we don't activate it and use it in our lives? We're back. This is all circling around prayer because prayer only works if you know God's will and you know his way. And his will is that he loves you. His will is that you be healthy. His will is that you be wealthy. And for those who don't accept that in their minds, you need to go to the Word of God, and you need to understand that Jesus came to set you free. And if you can't get that, then prayer it will always be a stumbling block. So let's go to Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, 
and with great power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, because God was with him. Now, if Jesus of Nazareth went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed, then it cannot be God's will for people to be oppressed and and to have bad things happen. It can't be. You can't have it both ways. Jesus would have been fighting the will of God if what he was doing was contrary. His will, God's will, be done on earth as it is in heaven. You have to accept the fact that Jesus did good. First Chronicles 16.34 Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness endures forever. Tell me what part of kindness is in sickness or poverty. There's no kindness in there. We have to separate your brain. You have been brainwashed to believe that our Father, who art in heaven, actually wants anything other than good for your life. Psalm 145.9 The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. Psalm 33.5 He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. Now look around your life. Look around at what you see. There's a lot of not loving kindness going on. Well, does that mean that's God's will? Absolutely not. It means God's will is loving kindness, but he can only achieve it by working through people who know it is his loving kindness. Mark 9.23, Jesus said to him, you say to me, if you can, in other words, somebody said to him, if you can, would you heal me? If you can, question mark. All things are possible for the one who believes and trusts in me. All things are possible. So if all things are possible, I want you to make a list of the top three things in your life that you're not happy with. The top three things that you need changed because all things are possible. I don't care how outrageous the thought of it is. All things are possible if you believe. Now, if you don't believe, then they're not possible. So the first important part of this is, what is God's will for your life? If you don't know what His will is, you, can't, you don't know what to believe. You become double-minded. And the Bible tells us a double-minded person will never get their prayers answered. Because one minute they're believing one thing, The next minute, they're believing another. 
in 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with a settled and absolute knowledge that we, ha- that we have granted to us the requests we have asked him for. The biggest reason that people don't get prayers answered is their lack of confidence in his will or knowing his will. So thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says here, what I just read, have a remarkable degree of confidence that we are, as believers, are entitled to before him that if we ask anything according to his will. So where is Satan going to attack you? He's going to attack you by saying you don't know God's will. He, God works in mysterious ways. You can't possibly know his will. Really? His last will and testament is in the word of God. That is, we have the old will and the new will. The one that Jesus brought. Jesus brought the will. And we have to read the will to find out what we get from the estate. God's estate. This is all his. God's estate, earth, belongs to God. Now, he lost his authority over it when Adam fell. But when Jesus came, he took it back. And now he gave the keys to that estate, to that kingdom, to you and I. Will we understand it and interpret the will the way it was intended to be interpreted? Do you know the will? And I venture to say that most people don't. So it is to the degree of confidence that we learn to pray God's will be done. Father, thy will be done on earth, on earth, on earth, now, as it already is in heaven. Satan loves the church to be waiting for heaven. That way they're ineffective here. They do nothing here. They don't accomplish anything to come against Satan's strategies because you think you don't know God's will or you're not sure. And an unsure person is an unconfident person, inconfident, incompetent too. Not confident at all. 
The opposite should be true. Your confidence should be in the name of Jesus, in the Word of God. And thy will be done ought to be absolute in your life. We'll be right back, right after this message. Don't go away. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back, and I appreciate, even if there are only a few people listening, if one person gets this, then it's worth everything that we do every week here about teaching the Word of God. I think a lot of people do not get their prayers answered because they pray wrong, or they don't know God's will, and they're afraid to be bold. They're afraid to put their foot down. They're afraid to put pound their fist on the table and say, Thy will be done in my life today. I used to be a little afraid of that, actually. Maybe someone listening will relate to this. Because I knew in my world that I wasn't doing everything right and that I do make mistakes every day. And I don't want to be reaping what I don't want. So, therefore, I don't want my mistakes to caused me to have the wrong things in my life. And I was afraid that thy will be done meant that all these wrong things were going to happen. And I wouldn't say that quite with the confidence that I should. But today, I recognize that thy will be done means that God erased all the things I did wrong today. And they have no chance of coming on me. How about that? So his will is to erase it, that he will remember your sins no more. Did you read that somewhere? But you have to bring to him the confidence of knowing that you understand what he said. He's Jesus, literally, I mean, the, the crucifixion is a real event. He suffered for you. So why are you suffering Somehow for him, it doesn't work that way, and you're not worthy. The only one that could have beat Satan right in the bang, right to the head, was Jesus. And he did. God in Jesus, God sent himself in Jesus to show us who he is, how much he loves us, how much he wants us to be blessed not cursed. So the first step, and I keep going back to it, in thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, 
is to know God's will. And if you are unsure, then don't go any further. Go to the Word of God and find out what His will is, because it's clear. And what is the greatest commandment that replaced everything? When Jesus left, He said, love one another as I have loved you. Does that mean if God intended bad things, we should go love people by letting them have bad things too and doing bad things to them? It doesn't make sense. There is no logic to that kind of thinking other than Satan's strategy to get into your head that somehow you aren't to be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous in everything that you do so that you can bless others, love others as I have loved you. And when you do, you activate the kingdom of God. You activate the quantum world. You activate an invisible world that brings more of everything that heaven is about into your life. It restores the Garden of Eden that was stolen from Adam and Eve when they ate from the wrong fruit, or the fruit they shouldn't have eaten from. Let me read Psalm 34.8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Taste and see how blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who takes refuge in him. This is Old Testament. If you take refuge in God, you find out that you're fortunate, prosperous, and favored. What part of that is broke, busted, sick, and disgusted? This is how far off religion and people that just don't know have gotten in teaching. Psalm 100, verse 4 to 5. Enter his gates. Now, enter his gates with song and thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. Okay? Now, enter his gates with song and thanksgiving. Now, it's another place in the Bible. It talks about the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Jesus ripped them off their hinges with when when he died on the cross. But in our minds, there are gates. There are mind gates. And those gates set boundaries for what you believe. The gates of hell shall not prevail because the gates of heaven are now opened. The mind gates. Open your mind. The gates enter his gates of song, with the song of thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. So, in order to close the gates of hell from your life, we begin to praise God for all that he is good. And by praising God, the gates of hell have no more power over you. The only thing the gates of hell have power over you for is when they can help you to be mad at God or to blame God. God is all good. There is no 
evil in him. We are the ones that have to understand that God wants us only to be prosperous, fortunate, and favored. That is in the Bible. Now, this is all the Amplified Bible, but it's Psalm 34, 8. Go read it. You can't have it both ways. God is on one side, Satan is on the other, and Satan has done a really good job of mixing up people on what it is they think God is. Um, this is the book of Nahum. I don't know if many people read, have gone there to read this, but it's verse 1 and verse 7. The Lord is good, a strength and a stronghold in the day of trouble. The Lord is good. He is a strength and a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows, he recognizes, cares for, and understands fully those who take refuge and trust in him. Do you take refuge in the Lord? Or do you take refuge refuge in your family or other people? Do you go to them for advice or do you go to God? That is huge. This is all about thy will be done. We're still in the Our Father. We didn't get past thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We didn't even get to the part where back in Genesis where he said, go and have dominion over this earth. Take control of it. We didn't get to any of that yet. I'm stuck right here on do you know his will? God is good. God is good. And all of the evil is its two different worlds. It's the realm of Satan and it's the realm of heaven. I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That you and your family might be blessed. Well, it's pretty neat when you get this sorted out in your head. Psalm 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and rejoice, who favor my vindication and want what is right for me. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who delights and takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Let's go back. Let them say, what's your job? What is your job? To confidently say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who delights in taking pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I don't know how much clearer it gets. I mean, it's pretty clear, guys. You know, uh, I'm, I, I find it amazing how unsure believers are that God wants them to prosper. That God wants them to prosper. Um, you know, Proverbs 4.23, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. He's not talking about our blood pump. He's talking about our core. He's talking about the solar plexus, the core of man. From it flow all the springs of life. The Bible tells us, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, 
so is he. So watch over your heart with all diligence. That's where it's all going to happen. I have a whole chart here that I can show you how the heart, the mind, the soul, everything operates together. But before we even get there, we've got to know what God's will is. And then I can show you how it works. Praise the Lord. Let me give you an example of people doing it wrong. Using their imagination to do it wrong. This is Numbers 14.1.3. This is when Joshua and Caleb and, and, and the others went up and they, he told them to go see, see the land that he wanted to give them, the promised land. And all of them came back except for two and said, they're giants, man. This is awful. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to die here in the wilderness. Ta-da. So Numbers 14.1.3. Then all the congregation of Israel raised their voices and cried out, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites murmured in discontent against Moses and Aaron, and, all, and the whole congregation said to them, Oh, that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to the land of Canaan to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So obviously, their minds saw how bad it was. And all night they wept? That's a heck of an imagination of what's coming. They actually believed the worst. That's what people do when they don't know who God, what God's intentions are. God's intentions are were never for them to spend 40 years in a desert. God's intentions were for them to be blessed by people's imaginations, and they got each other worked up, and they all said, Oh my God, we're going to die! Oh, cry, cry, cry! And they wept all night. They didn't. This was not a five-minute thing. This was an all-night imagination experience. That's what happened. 2 Corinthians 8-9 for you who are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus the Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich, abundantly blessed. I don't believe... Many Christians really believe any of this. I think they fight it tooth and nail. Oh, God doesn't want me to be rich. Really? Then give it to Satan, because that's what the church has done. Satan gets you out of the way real easy by just making you feel guilty. Let me tell you something. If the wealth of this earth needs to be in the hands of someone, it needs to be in the hands of the believer who has the love of God the kindness of God in them, not in the hands of the enemy. And what Satan has craftily done is convince people that who are Christians don't even go after it. You, 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 the money is the root of all evil. Well, that isn't what it says, is it? For those of us that have actually read it, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. We don't love money. We love the Lord. We don't make money a false god. We use it 
and loving kindness to pay for somebody's who, who needs to be put up in a house or put up somewhere because they've been beat up so bad. Broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. Pick those people up and put them somewhere and take care of them. It costs money. <clears throat> That's the loving kindness of God. He's looking for some people who are believers to acknowledge that he wants you to be rich so that you can bless others. It says it right there, 2 Corinthians 8 9. Go read it. Matthew 12, 35. A good man from his inner good treasure brings out good things, and an evil man from his inner evil treasure brings out evil things. So who would you rather have the money? The good man or the evil man? Who would you like to have the money? So God's will be done. Who do you think God wants to have the money? Jesus had, he laid, he was completely wealthy in heaven. He didn't have to come to earth. He laid it all down and became poor so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. Why can't we just get that? Why do we fight it so diligently? Why do we think that God wants us to suffer? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is what we're dealing with. So when we pray, the first thing is to decide what you want to pray for, obviously. And a, a prayer is a quality decision that somebody makes that there is no returning from. So that's why you got to know what God's will is. Because you can't be one minute decided this is what you want, and the next minute not sure if it's God's will. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A quality decision with no return, no retreat, no backing up. Something that we're settled on. And if you don't make that quality decision, <clears throat> knowing that God wants you to have whatever you're praying for, then you are double-minded because Satan will get to you and give you every reason why you shouldn't have it. We have to walk in that bubble of faith that knows that we know that we know that Jesus loves us, God loves us, He created us. He created us in His own image, in His own likeness, so that we could be just like Him. Doesn't it make you proud as a parent, make you feel good <clears throat> when you see your children picking up characteristics that you have and you didn't really sit down and teach it to them. They just witnessed it. And all of a sudden, they're talking like you and acting like you. And, and when that's a good thing, if they picked up your good characteristics, you get proud. You get happy. Well, how do you think God feels? God wants us to be prosperous. He loves it when we imitate him. We have to be imitators of God. Satan is. Satan imitates God as much as possible. He imitates him and tries to get you to believe he's him, except he uses fear, not faith. Fear freezes the blessing. Faith attracts the blessing. Fear attracts the wrong stuff, which causes you to get further from believing that God is 
God. He loves you. And that's what fear does. So Satan does everything in his power to keep the blessing away. So fear freezes the blessing from happening. But it's also attracting what you don't want. So we have two roots, fear and faith. How do we overcome fear and not allow fear to be here in us anymore? No fear here. How do we do that? By focusing on the Word of God by putting in the Word of God, by taking God's Word and allowing it to take over in us. To be all in with the Lord is to be all in with His Word, to know that He wants to bless us. Faith and patience will bring us through anything. Faith and patience and eliminating fear and the opposite of patience is, you know, no patience, right? Just impatient with people, with everything. So we want to be faith and patience, having its perfect work. You'll lack nothing. Walk in that bubble. Our boundaries that are stopping us from the promised land are coming from the inside of the gates of hell. They're the ones that have opened in your mind and hold you captive to where you live. But the gates of heaven are wide open because of Jesus conquering it here in the earth. But we have to choose to walk through the gates of heaven and close the gates of hell. Just get rid of them. No, listen to them anymore. The gates, the mind gates, they are gates. And we have to shut the gates of hell. They're the ones that taught you everything up until you were born again. Now you're born again. Let the Holy Spirit open the gates of heaven in your mind and teach you all about the blessing, which is what God wants you to have. What we believe is limited by what we can do, and what we can do is limited by what we believe. So believing and having confidence that God wants to bless you is absolutely in the most important part of prayer. If you have no confidence, you're just trembling. You're hurting. You're you're afraid God's not going to answer your prayer. Here's the good news. God answers every prayer that's prayed according to His will. What is His will? Thy will be done. He set up a system on this planet that if you have confidence and believe whatever you say, will come to pass. How does he know that? You think God is running around like a little elf, fixing all your stuff? No. He put a system in place. He doesn't every day go to see if the earth is the right distance from the sun. He put a system in place that holds it the right distance from the sun, makes it spin just the right speed so you don't fly off. He has systems for everything. His system is called the kingdom of God. It's the quantum physics, the quantum mechanics of how the earth operates, of how everything works. And if you will operate the rules by praying with confidence and knowing his will, your prayers will always, always be answered. Always. When you begin a prayer in the invisible world, you plant a seed, and it begins to be answered. 
But if you quit in the next 15 to 20 minutes, thinking and having confidence that it will come, then you stop the process and you open the gates of hell to come rip it out by the roots. We are the ones that have to make the choices. We are the ones that have to change. We are the ones that have to grow. We are the ones that have to stop drinking the milk and start eating the meat of the word. The kingdom of God is upon us. We are told, we were taught by Jesus how to pray. Thy will be done. Do you believe, what do you believe his will is? And this is the way we do it. We do it by knowing that our Father, who art in heaven, holy is his name. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth right now as it already is in heaven. Have confidence in that. Know his will and allow his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And your world will be impacted by heaven's world when you have confidence that God's name is holy. He never, ever, ever, ever intended for you to have to suffer and be broke. He wants you to prosper even as your soul prospers. And your soul has to now learn his will and renew itself with his will, not the gates of hell, but the will of God, so that he can bless you today, tomorrow, and every day going forward. Thy will be done on earth as it already is planned in heaven. Yes, when you get to heaven, you'll have his will. But his will is that you bring heaven to earth. Take dominion over the earth, over your life. Thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. I hope this program has maybe helped you think a little about God's will and his plan, because that's the beginning of how to pray properly and not pray amiss. So this program is called All In With The Lord. We'll see you again next week, hopefully, on All In With The Lord. Have a great week. Be blessed and pray. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.